Section 43 of From the Tower Window of My Bookhouse This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Marianne Bodorf From the Tower Window of My Bookhouse Edited by Olive Beaupre Miller White Aster Retold from a romantic Chinese poem. Autumn sunset glowing with gold. Manasso's lofty summit looming dark against the sky. No sound save now and then the crinkling fall of withered leaves. List, from yonder distant grove, silver toned through the stillness, the sound of a temple bell. From the last hut of frail bamboo on the edge of the little village comes a timid maid weeping and lifting anxious eyes to the mighty mountain above her. Poor little White Aster. Three days ago her father left her and went hunting up the steep slopes of Manasso. Three days ago, and no sign since of his return. Has the great mountain some dread secret about him? Does the mountain know why he lingers and leaves her thus alone? Benign and majestic, Mount Asso looked down upon her, but it did not tell her its secret. Sadly she turned, the little white aster, and crept back into her lonely cottage. There she set about kindling the fire and brewing the tea for supper, but if the oleander beside the door but swayed its branches lightly against her flimsy walls, if a rabbit crept crackling through the bushes without, if the light breeze stirred the foliage somewhere near, each time she hoped it was the sound of her father coming home at last. The twilight slowly deepened. As it swallowed with its ashen gray the sunset's train of gold, White Aster stole out of doors once more to look anxiously about. Surely, it seemed, she must this time catch a glimpse of her father, climbing lightly down through the trees. Naught could she see anywhere but a flock of wild geese flying past and purple ringed clouds rising slowly, drifting across the heavens. Softly the little maiden shuddered, yet she felt in her heart the insistent longing to go in quest of her father. Returning to the hut, she donned a straw cloak and red bamboo hat, and though night was already falling with threatened storm, she stole down the village street, crossed the swampy rice march, and began to climb the mountain. The steep path wound with a swift ascent. The grass lay dry and dead beneath her feet. Hushed were the voices of blithe insects. Only sable night yawned threateningly from the vale, and soon the rain came pelting down. But still White Aster searched and called. No traces of her father could she find. At times the rain would cease, the clouds roll back, and pale white moonlight for a moment cleaved the gloomy pines. Far did the maiden climb alone in the darkness, up and up and up, till she knew not where she was, and all about seemed only night. Then suddenly she spied through the trees a faint red gleam, and heard low chanting of a priest, monotonous at prayer. Welcome the sound of a human voice to the maiden's lonely ears. Going in the direction of the light, White Aster passed through a grove of cypress and camphor trees, and came upon a ruined temple overhung by weeping willows that gleamed brightly beneath the sudden slivering of the fitful moon. Her light footfall on the broken stone approach fell upon the hermit's ears, 
and all unused to hearing steps in his retreat far distant from the haunts of men he fancied some demon or evil spirit must be coming to tempt him seizing a light he flashed it out through the door and shouted forbiddingly be gone thou spirit of evil be gone but when he caught a glimpse of little white astra's lovely face so innocent and sweet her eyebrows twin half-moons her dark hair like a cloud upon her snowy temples he changed his mind and all his heart went out to her in pity taking her gently by the hand he led her inside the sanctuary and up where great stone buddha stood benign and placid and august then he seated her at buddha's feet before he asked whence camest thou little maid and what art thou doing in this wilderness by night white aster saw that her host was a man still young of kind and comely countenance timidly she answered him white aster is my name i came but now from the village down below to seek my father who has been for three days lost upon the mountain here tears stayed her from speaking further but the hermit soothed her with his gentle voice and warmed by his compassion she burst forth with all her tale ah me the sadness of these later years ah me ah me and yet my childhood was so happy with tenderest father and mother a splendid home and many servitors in those fair southern islands far away so happy was i there and then there came a day when savage foes bore down on my beloved homeland fire sword and ruin took the place of peace my mother and i fled for our lives and in our flight were separated from my father all night and day we fled and stopped at last for shelter in a mine temple there when we had recovered ourselves by rest we built a booth to shelter us though neither she nor i had ever performed a hard or difficult task so tenderly cared for had we been in that dear home of ours we managed day by day to make provision for our own most pressing wants but ever our hearts were longing longing for news of my dear father two sorrows bore upon my mother's soul the loss of him her husband and sorrow for her only son a most beloved youth who had been so wild and wayward that my father banished him from home or ever i was born such tender love for him her little akatoshi my mother cherished in her heart such grief for his unworthiness such yearning once again to gaze upon his face that what with dwelling ever on her sorrows as weeks and months went by with no news of my father she pined away and died ah cried white aster weeping nature's self seemed to be mourning with me for the breeze of autumn breathed its last and so it died the vesper bell from yonder village pealed a requiem o'er my mother thus she died but dead yet lives for ever face and form she stands before my eyes and in my ears i ever seem to hear her loving voice speaking as in the days when strict and kind she taught me household lore in all a mother when she was gone i lived alone in that rude shelter till it chanced one day my father who had wandered everywhere in search of us came on my place of refuge his joy at finding me was great but when he heard how my dear mother was gone not all my tenderest love could soothe him or stay his soul from longing for her and for that dear beloved son the erring akitoshi ah me ah me my father my dear father
during all this artless tale signs of deep emotion had possessed the hermit's features agatoshi oh alas what sorrow he had caused the wayward agatoshi at hearing of him the hermit hid his face within his hand that none might see him weeping yet he spoke no word till little white astra had finished then he bade her tarry there within the temple until the sunrise since the mountain at night was no fit place for such a tender little maid white aster therefore slept at buddha's feet shivering with cold for her garments were far too thin to protect her from the cutting keenness of frosty mountain air as she slept she dreamt that her father himself appeared to her and said dear little maid a false step on the mountain hurled me down a deep ravine thence for three days i have been vainly trying to escape at length the red dawn tipped the mountain tops and birds awakening one by one peered from their nests to greet the day with joyous matin songs their music roused the sleeping maid kind friend she said to her gentle host farewell i dreamed a dream about my father and must start without delay once more upon my quest the hermit stood within his door and looked long after her light form departing up the path skirting the trunks of mighty trees stealing beneath whispering pines white aster threaded many a different path of that vast mountain solitude now a timid deer fled from her path and now some other woodland creature but nowhere were there any signs of her beloved father so intent was the little maid on her quest that she never noticed two dark forms which shadowed her to rearward and ever came creeping nearer and nearer at length there pounced upon her from behind two robbers little heeding her prayers or tears they bore her away and off off to their rocky den in vain she sent her wailing cries abroad for help echo with its hollow voice resounding from the lonely cliffs echo was her only answer the brigard's lair was in a deep and gloomy spot beneath an overhanging cliff here they had created a miserable hut with thatch so broken that it would have offered little shelter save that dense foliage of a ginkgo tree growing near quite overshadowed it in front a noisy stream went brawling by while all the rocks about were hung with heavy curtains of ivy which added to the gloom and dreariness of that dark place having brought their prisoner safely to this den where dwelt the others of their band the robbers cast her roughly on the floor and proceeded then to eat and drink making no use of chopsticks but snatching with their fingers at the food so wolfish was their hunger helpless set the little maid before them tears streaming down her cheeks we have plucked a pale-faced moonflower jeered one among the band a tender blossom to crush full easily beneath our feet if its smile not at our bidding and so the robbers taunted her while they were eating when their meal was done the captain took a koto or harp and thrust it into her hands the while he cried with savage threats now let us hear thee play if thou dost hesitate i swear with my good sword to cut thee into bits white aster dried her tears and drew one slender finger tremblingly across the strings but at the sound of that one single splendid chord all terror left the maid suddenly her heart was filled with confidence and power again and once again she swept the strings and drew from that small instrument such harmony of sound such witchery of sweetness such deep soul-stirring melody that one by one 
those robbers ceased all movement and listened spellbound and entranced so it chanced they failed to hear footsteps rapidly approaching their deeply hidden lair ere they suspected aught the door flew open and in burst one full armed with sword and spear sharp conflict followed whereat the little maiden shrieked and dropped her harp and hid her face within her hands to shut out such a sight the stranger bore himself right nobly all that desperate robber band he stretched upon the ground before him save only one who burst from out his grasp and fled into the forest at length came stillness in the room and kind and tender arms lifted little white aster she dropped her hands that covered her face and saw the hermit before her ah little one he cried i could not let thee tread the wilderness alone and so i followed thee white aster i must tell thee something i am thy long-lost brother i i am that worthless agatoshi for whom our father and mother mourned how my heart yearned to tell thee so when thou didst pour out all thy story in my hut but false pride kept my lips tight closed and so i let thee go alone forth into the forest my brother agatoshi thou oh thanks be to great buddha yes said the hermit long ago i sorrowed for my waywardness and for the grief that i had caused but when at last i went to seek my parents out and beg for their forgiveness oh alas i found our native village all in ruins my father and mother gone and no news of them anywhere now thou white aster must be all in all to me together we will seek our father trustingly then white aster put her little hand into the hermit's greater palm and they two fared forth from the robber's lair and passed on side by side through the twilight dusk where the deep stillness of the night had hushed the forest save now and then for some shrill cry of monkeys they were at last on the very point of emerging from the dark ravine when that one robber who had escaped the fray fell suddenly upon the hermit a desperate struggle followed little white aster in dismay sought to flee to some safe distance but in the darkness she lost her way nor when she sought to find her brother again did she know how to retrace her steps in vain she called oh agatoshi agatoshi brother no answer came all night again she wandered on the lonely mountain just as the sun was rising she came out upon the summit of a cliff whence looking down she saw a tiny village nestling in the valley and near it a wayside shrine making her way slowly thither white aster knelt in prayer o oh, buddha divine protector save a little maid she cried just then there passed an aged peasant of the place and seeing her so weary with pale face and drooping form he invited her to go with him to his own cottage so he led her to his rustic home and there gave her over to the care and comradeship of his young daughter who received her kindly and with sweet compassion in this rude home white aster dwelt for many a day yet never once ceased longing for her father and akatoshi but so lovely grew the little maid the fame of her soon travelled over all the land at length the governor himself in his great palace heard tales of her surpassing beauty and determined to have her for his bride without delay he sent a matrimonial agent to bargain with the peasant for her hand now the peasant had always been kind to the little guest who thus had come beneath his guardianship but the prospect of so brilliant an alliance turned his head and he consented to the marriage on the spot without consulting white aster when the agent in his glory had departed 
the old man went on to white aster and said white aster i have promised thee to-day in marriage to the governor thou art honoured above women make thee ready tears filled the little maiden's eyes i do not wish to wed the governor she said what matter thou wishest thou must the peasant answered but in very truth i cannot the little maid replied with tears i am already promised to another if i must tell thee all my secret then know that i am not own daughter to that dear beloved mother who reared me from my childhood she found me couched amongst the white chrysanthemums within a temple garden when i was but a babe and deeming buddha had sent me as a gift to bless her brought me up and loved me ever as a daughter but ere she died she made me vow full solemnly to wed none other but her son my foster-brother agatoshi now as she pleaded weeping the old peasant might perchance have heeded her for in his heart he loved her but at that very moment came hurrying from the governor the agent once again bearing a chest full to overflowing of most magnificent presents acceptance of these on the guardian's part would make the bargain for marriage binding making of all a great display before the peasant's eyes the agent so dazzled the poor old man that he greedily accepted them while wandering neighbors stood gaping by admiring with huge amazement so little white aster in despair perceived that whether she wished or no she would be forced to wed the mighty governor stealing at midnight from the peasant's home she made her way across the rice fields to the rushing river there she climbed up the high curved bridge that overarched the stream and thought to cast herself into the plunging water no other way there seemed to end her troubles closing her eyes she uttered a final prayer and was about to spring when a strong hand grasped her shoulder and a man's voice firmly said stay white aster stay looking up white aster saw her agatoshi himself so long have i sought thee my little white aster he cried the maiden knew not what to say for very joy words failed her at so great a moment once more as on that night long past she put her little hand in his great palm and let him lead her tenderly away through the forest to his home they went but now in akatoshi's hut another joy awaited white aster a joy so great that her very soul went leaping up within her for who sat there beside the fire but her beloved father eagerly she sprang to meet him solemnly he rose and blessed her i found him many months ago when i was seeking thee said akatoshi and he has granted me his most august forgiveness dear father the little maid cried why didst thou leave me so long alone didst thou indeed as i once dreamed fall from the mountainside into a deep ravine i little white blossom the father said i fell into a deep ravine with sides so steep i tried in vain to scale them for three long days i tried then gave up in despair there seemed no hope but that i must surely perish when suddenly appeared above high on the summit of the cliff a band of monkeys gibbering and grimacing swinging out on the hanging vines that overhung the rocks the monkeys showed me how i too might climb up by that means seizing a vine i scaled at last though with the greatest difficulty that perilous ascent then i remembered well that once not long ago when i was hunting on the mountain i spared the lives of a mother monkey and her babe so in my need those whom i blessed blessed me with great return thus little white aster found her foster-father once again 
and great was the rejoicing in that hut. In time she married Akatoshi, and they three dwelt in happiness together, beneath the protecting shadow of the calm, majestic mountain. End of section 43 White Aster <laughs>